0: Welcome to the Art Labs podcast. This is Bill Kennedy, and our special guest today, from somewhere outside of San Francisco, <laughs> is Chris Nova. Chris, thank you so much for, for coming on the show and talking to us today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm super stoked to be here and get to see you again.
0: Yeah. Oh my goodness. I think the last time we saw each other was Italy.
1: That sounds right. I think so. Well, yeah, because we were we were in uh, Florence together.
0: Yeah, yeah, at the uh, GoLab conference. I think that was the last time and so much has happened since then. And we've met um, a whole handful of times over the years. But I know, at least for me, I've never actually gotten to hear your or at least a good part of your story and how you got into tech. And um, I know you've done some really wild lower level things over the years as well. I remember having conversations with you being blown away like, oh my God, that's, wow, I can't, believe you know, it's cool stuff. So, um, but, um, as you know, the show kind of starts a little bit from the beginning to get a kind of sense of how you got into tech and, and your first experiences with it and and we we flow that way. So, you know my favorite question to ask everybody, what is one of the very first memories you have you know working on a
1: computer the first memories i have working on a computer <clears throat> well I, so i have i have some i have like memories that are very like boring but i have one memory in particular that I've, I've told a few people about that i think i think this summarizes me better than any other story that i have um i think i was i want to say i was 11 or 12 years old so i mean years and years ago Uh, My family had like gone out and gotten like the Windows PC, I think it was Windows 95 and uh, we had like a DOS computer that I used to play on but it wasn't anything uh, like I I didn't really get into it if that makes sense. Windows was was kind of the first like oh I'm actually gonna go do this in my free time instead of playing outside and uh, long long story short over the course of a summer I completely destroyed that computer i i if, if you can imagine you know between telnet insecurity applications from the internet dial up like if there was malware in existence it was on that computer i assure you
0: <laughs> by accident obviously right because you're just yeah
1: and you know like imagine baby nova super naive like oh yeah somebody online said download this thing and it'll work and like and you know, there i was and i downloaded it and then you know kind of like a like a proper twelve-year-old, forgot all about it and, and never looked at it again, and so um, yeah. Finally, the computer just it just quit working. It got slow. I mean, classic Windows ninety-five death, and I got grounded for it. Um, wow. Yeah, because you know I broke I broke the family computer. It was like the family car. Like parents used this for important adult paperwork and taxes and all these things that a child didn't understand. And uh, and I broke it, and they couldn't, you know. And there was some important something on there that I couldn't even remember what it was, but they couldn't get to it. And so they they tasked me with, if you can fix it, you can you can be ungrounded, and we'll and we'll unground you. And so uh, my solution to fixing it was installing Linux, and and then that later led to a lifetime of there's no Linux allowed in our house, young lady. That's like against the rules, and that's that's not proper. And so. Uh, from a young age, I was I was shamed against using Linux to solve a, a technical problem. And I think ever since then, I've been working on and out of spite.
0: <laughs> okay, wait, wait. You got to help me out a little bit because you're 11, 12 years old. Do you? Would you yeah. uh, share with me what year we're talking here with Windows 95? When was that? Is that like 90? I guess it's 95, right?
1: Yeah, I think it might have been pre-Windows 95. So I was born in 87. Uh, it was just before my family had moved. So I think I was 11 years old. So whatever, however that arithmetic works out. And and so, yeah, but it probably was maybe Windows 95. I think I remember Windows 98. I'm like trying to like go back in my mind and, and imagine myself sitting in my parents' study, like playing on this computer. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was talking to my friends. It was IRC. It was downloading like videos and songs and people sending me files. And it was just very like the wild west of the web, if that makes sense.
0: What I was hearing is your parents had important documents on this computer they were working on, which at that point was going to get lost. So were you able to like back that up and then you thought, let me get rid of Windows because this is causing me my pain and you put Linux on it?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> so it it was, it was the, I mean, the paradigm of a personal computer was different back then. It's not what we think of now when, you know, everybody has like a phone that they can just pick up and they have a computer in their hand. Uh, this was, like I said, the family car and, you know, parents put paperwork and emails and, you know, probably work related items on the family computer and it was expected that's where it lived and that's where it would stay and, and nobody really understood what an operating system was or what a volume was. And so like my research and going to the library and reading books led me to like, oh, you can use this thing called Linux to like plug in uh, a, C- a CD and, and boot it up and then you're you can like access all this information that you otherwise wouldn't be able to access. So I, I restored, you know, there was a directory, I think it was like C colon backslash documents or whatever, and was able to c- recover that for the family, but in ended up installing Linux accidentally and just wiping out the entire uh, thing after I had uh, recovered their documents. So, so yeah, it was, uh, and then of course the computer worked fine for me. I loved it, I loved Linux, right? It had everything I wanted and everything I needed. It, it worked, it was simple and it, it, it looked cool, it felt cool.
0: But I, as your parent, would have still wanted to strangle you because I want Windows back. That's what I'm used to working with, right? Or were they okay with the Linux? And you started teaching them how to use it.
1: No. So this is this is when I, I'm going to swear here, but this is when shit hit the fan, right? <laughs> like, um, uh, so so yeah, like it, you know, my parents were like, we can get into that later, but um. <laughs> they they were very old-fashioned in their mindset so something that they didn't understand to them automatically meant danger and so like not being able to talk to the it person at work because they're not running windows not understanding what an operating system was not understanding that this is okay of course as a child my pitch was it's free it's open source it's wonderful all these people use it you should totally trust it it's great and to them that was hackers. That was scary. That was untrusted. It wasn't a company, there was no corporation behind it. And uh, yeah, and then and so that is kind of what led down to the ultimately me getting kind of double grounded. And you know, there's no open source software allowed in our house young lady.
0: (laughs) God, there's so many questions here. What were your were your parents technical then at the time? Or are they just more business oriented? Because it sounds like they're making technical decisions here.
1: Uh, oh my gosh, I, I think this, this is like the perfect metaphor for like, a, as a child, I learned more about my career as a 12-year-old than I have in the past decade of my career. I learned at a young age that computers are fun and I love computers, but the people who make decisions about computers know nothing about them. <laughs> and the people who, uh, who make decisions about computers look at a computer as a tool. Right, like this is like a lawnmower. it has a job, it cuts the grass, we keep it in the garage, we put gas and oil in it and then we take it out on the weekends and we cut the grass with it and that's what it does and it stays there. Um, For me, computers were like, it was a game, it was a toy, it was a lifestyle, it was a way of thinking, it was a way of living, it was so much more than just a tool that you kept in the garage, if that makes sense. No, no,
0: actually it's, yeah, no, I think it's a brilliant uh, brilliant metaphor there because you're absolutely right. Uh, and you see that with a lot of things, but right? I think you're absolutely right there. So now you're double grounded, right? Which means what? How do oh, you, yeah. how do you get out of this? Now you got to put Windows back on the machine. Like what do you do? <laughs> what, what's what's next?
1: Right, like like uh, th- th- this explains so much of my trauma in my career. Like. <laughs> um, so so yeah I mean ultimately what ended up happening was you know the summer had come and gone uh grounded in my family was like yeah well, I mean we can get into that stuff <laughs> later but um you know I, I don't remember very much but what I do remember is ultimately another computer was set up next to the Linux computer and uh I think this whole kind of thing it happened long enough that we saw kind of that first like cycle that that first really slow turnover in tech. Like now we we look at tech and like, you know, wait six months and everything's outdated. You need a new iPhone, there's a new gadget, your computer needs a new operating system, like it it moves quick. And, um, you know, but that first iteration of like, let's say 1994 to 1998. I mean, that took time that was slow. And then everybody got pissed off for the first time in their life at, at computers after that. And and, you know, we kind of learned growing up that you're going to get pissed off time and time again with computers. And that was the first one for me and for everyone in the world. And and so um, looking at, you know, the second computer showed up in the house and like, again, we're looking at it as a tool and like, this is the good one. Don't touch it. This is mom and dad's. And this is the bad one that, you know, this is for you and all your open source crap that you and your your buddies can go and do, right? And, um, and that was kind of the way things went. And so that became my, like, Linux computer for probably the first five or six years after that. I think I even had it going into high school.
0: But it sounds like it ended up being a big win for you because you ended up now with your own computer at the end of it that you didn't have to really share. And yeah. You could go off and, and, and do the things you wanted to do with it. So it sounds like at the end of the day it was a win.
1: I think so. I think it was a win. Um... anecdotes that I remember was like I remember the first day I I got to move my computer into my bedroom like that was like oh my gosh like it now officially became mine and like that was symbolic of unscrew the whole thing take it apart rebuild it you know set up an area for it and like you know it was like getting legos like it was my first time to to really get to play with a computer and um uh and of course it was kind of done out of like get get it out of our way we don't want to deal with it anymore go put it in your room kind of thing and, um, uh, the other thing about it was I, it, I actually was, I mean, I sacrificed a lot. Like normal kids are outside playing sports and making friends and going on dates. And I was inside sitting on IRC with my friends, uh, who mo- most of which I had never even met at that point, And, you know, who knows how creepy that was, but, um, I remember going to middle school and high school and being like oh yeah i run Linux, and thinking that i was going to get made fun of for that because i didn't have a pc and everybody was doing all these cool pc things because all the kids had fancy computers and i remember the a lot of the older kids were like she's cool <laughs> she's with us she's that she's a nerd like let her into the dungeons and dragons group so right away i was like escalated to the tippy top of the nerd spectrum and i, I you know, I'm not not to brag or anything, but I've been
0: there ever since. <laughs> <laughs> They're not letting you out. And I, I want to talk about high school because high school is a time where you're, you know, you're taking classes. A lot of them you don't want. You you got to start kind of thinking about what life is like after high school. And I And I'm just kind of curious, are you taking any classes in high school with computers? Is your head already in a place where this is what I want to do for a living? Like... What's going on in high school relates to this tech
1: um so I mean we can get into the, some of the the more personal side of this i'm I'm fine with it, but uh high school was hard for me for a lot of reasons. My family moved I, my parents like if if today if I met parents who behaved and made some of the choices my parents made, I would not be friends with those people. I would not look at them as as admirable people um and that's just whatever but um uh, high school was hard because that's when puberty happened so you know. The endocrine system hormones, being transgender, living in Texas, being a nerd, being a you know a pre-trans nerd, Linux user in Texas in the late '90s, like holy shit, hmm. you know, <laughs> like you couldn't ask for a more insane environment. Wow. Um, yeah, and you know, you know, going to football practice and doing that whole like Texas thing was was rough. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think high school and computers, computers were always the easy tool for me, like, I always kind of had this card in my back pocket that I could play. Like, yeah, I could, you you know, make decent grades, or I could, you know, go get a job, or I could do whatever I needed to do to kind of be successful. But I always knew in the back of my mind, nobody's going to be able to do more than me on a computer. And nobody's going to be able to hack or build or do any anything stronger, faster, or more effective than me. And in high school, I took, I, you know, we, we had our first visual basic programming class. I think I can completed the entire semester's worth of work in the first week and a half. Like, you know, built an entire application, made it do math, built a calculator. And that was like our final project. And then our, t- like, I was already further along than our teacher when I joined the class. And um, yeah, then I just did typing exercises and built a Dvorak keyboard and, and just did a bunch of like other things and built a website actually. And um, yeah, so that that was like, None of that was rewarded. My parents didn't even know any of that happened. That was just like my school experience and I didn't really even think much about it until I got my first job in college.
0: Were you playing football because you wanted to play football or your parents were kind of saying that's what you should be doing and kind of pushing you down that path which is taking time away from your friends and the computer and, and those types of things, right?
1: Yeah. and you know, I, without getting too much into my, the childhood experiences here, I'm trying to say, think how I would say this in polite conversation. If there was a president of the United States, we could assimilate to my father. He was just recently in office. And, um, yeah, so like, very old fashioned, very conservative mindset. Boys play football, girls stay in the kitchen. Like, you know, I'm going to raise you to be a man. We don't show feelings. We don't have emotion. So football was, it was, a, it was a non-option. It was non-negotiable. It was like going to church on Sundays. This is what you do. And if you don't do it, I will, I will beat you within inches of your life kind of mentality. Yeah. And uh, and, and that was very normal for, for boys growing up in, in Texas, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So then I, my, I imagine that as you're now a senior in high school, you have this amazing kind of uh, understanding of tech and, and, and really deep core tech, you're looking to get out of the house, right? Like university is your next step? Or are you thinking, I know enough to even just get into the workforce at this point. I want to start making money. I want to be on my own.
1: So we're, we're kind of breezing over a pretty substantial part of my life. I, I ran away when I was 17. I, when I graduated high school, I was, I was not living with either of my parents. Uh, I was staying with a friend mostly uh kind of on the other side of town his he had just graduated high school and his his dad had paid for him to get an apartment for the year and uh i was just sleeping on his really really horrible couch and that was kind of home base for me and exactly where i went every night was up in the air i i did kind of come home from time to time but it wasn't very often and it was usually just to like get something out of my old space or you know get clothes or something um and uh yeah, like I remember driving myself to graduation and, and them not letting me in because I had been missing so much school and then like trying to get my you know high school whatever diploma or whatever from from my parents. and like that apparently never came in the mail. And like it was just this whole thing. And so finally, I just filed for the the general education thing. Um, so anyway,, uh, you know, did the whole long hair playing a band kind of be homeless, travel around and live out of my car? I lived in a storage shed for a while. It was, that was pretty fun. Um, and then I started to kind of put myself through school, um, in Springfield, Missouri of all places, which is where I met some really beautiful people. And, um, yeah, I later got kicked out of college. I was put on academic probation. There's another interesting computer story there about getting caught torrenting some things in one of the cafes on campus. And, uh, yeah. And then, uh, I got my first job working as a PHP web developer. I think I was making $14 an hour, um, and, yeah, the rest, as they say, is, is history.
0: It had to be incredibly difficult for you to be able to focus on your education during that time. Did you have access to the computers at that point or you were using your friends? Like, I, I'm kind of curious how you stayed focused on getting that high school education and, and, and moving forward and then getting to that first job, especially PHP because that really wasn't in your wheelhouse, right, the PHP at that point, or was it?
1: PHP was the first Torian complete programming language I learned well, right? Like, I I was writing my first Apache PHP MySQL web applications in in high school. Um, You know, I remember, like, going to the... I think I used to... I think I still have my PHP 4 book around here somewhere. But I remember going to the library and, and checking the book out and finding the library and just giving me the book... Um, and that was like, you know, that was the first time in my life. I learned what a function was and like wrote in, you know, Oh, I can build these little building blocks and and use them for, for things over and over again.
0: And what were you building personal websites? Were you building websites for others? Was it for your band? Like, I'm kind of curious.
1: All of the, all of the above anything I could really, I, I, I did music festivals. I did my band. I did myself. I had like journal, um yeah I mean I, I, I was just constantly building things. I was just automating little chores in my life. And then really the big one that that got me in trouble in, in college was uh, writing PHP and bash to uh, to help me with my homework. We had we had done online it was like the first iteration of online schooling and I was I was working putting myself through school, so I was like doing a lot of my homework at night and uh, they used PHP. And so naturally, I started to write these little PHP scripts to to iterate on the static text. And uh, I found that it was a lot easier to look for keywords and phrases using grep and search and things like that from the the, like the blobs of text I was downloading from the website. And then like a good engineer, I got lazy and started automating it. And I would, you know, download entire textbooks and, and save them to disk and for things in there and and, you know what normally would be an hour's worth of my time to do homework I could I could get a somewhat decent answer for in you know 15 minutes or something like that and and uh, anyway my my college professors weren't very fond of that approach
0: I I don't understand that I mean there's nothing really wrong with that right you found a new way to consume that information quickly and accurately Um, What what were they thinking that you were plagiarizing or something
1: uh, I think way it was plagiarism, it was, the, it, again, we're back to this, I don't understand it, so I, it, it seems sneaky to me, and also, like, I, I didn't learn the, the skill of advocating for myself, or really, like, none of this had ever been rewarded, right, like, I didn't ever make a dime in my life doing any of this, this was all, like, I put this on par with like, you know, going behind the bleachers and smoking dope or something. Like, this is just something I didn't talk about and like that parents didn't like, counselors didn't like, coaches didn't like. I mean, this, this was taboo, right? And um, so, so yeah, like even getting in trouble in college just reinforced this mindset of everything I was doing was wrong or bad or, or shouldn't be rewarded. And, uh, and I kind of just learned at a young age that like this was cheating. This was this was not okay, and so when I did finally get in trouble for tor- you know I got in trouble for torrenting, I don't want to say too much because we're on a podcast, but I think you can imagine like what I was doing, and um and then you know when they discovered I was also scraping websites, they they assumed that it was even more illegitimate. When really like I wasn't selling it, I wasn't doing anything horrible. I just wanted to find the answer to question seventeen faster. That's yeah. really all I wanted to do, and. I never even thought that this would be something that they would understand. So I never even tried to explain myself. I just, I just said, oh, okay, yeah, you caught me. I clearly was cheating. I'm out of here.
0: Wow. And uh, yeah, it would be, it, it would be nice for you now to be able to go back in time and say, this isn't cheating. Get real. This is me being more yeah. efficient with, with the, with the tools that are out there. But I have to imagine, Chris, that something in the back of your mind also must have said to you that I these people are confused that I know what I'm doing isn't really morally or ethically wrong. And what I'm not cheating was that, did you at least keep something like that in the back of your head? Because you didn't, obviously these people didn't stop you from learning how to automate, learning how to build tooling, learning how to do the things that you were doing that now today are celebrated and and we need more of it. Right?
1: Yeah. Um, I I don't really even think I learned that until probably my late 20s. I mean, I had gone, I had, I had had a whole tech career before I started a second career. And now I'm back to tech again. Um, I mean, starting out in the working force at 17, right? Like I was paying rent at 17, um, working at like fast food restaurants on the weekends and staying up and, and falling asleep in class the next morning. Um, and um, yeah, like it, it wasn't really ever celebrated, and I, I kind of just thought of it as like one of like I put it like let's, let's compare it to being trans. It was just a dirty little secret of mine, right? Like it was just part of this thing that I don't talk about. Parents don't approve of it. Like yeah, it's weird. It's different. We don't understand it, so therefore we like we we block it out and we say we don't want it in our lives because we don't understand it. And, uh, and yeah, that was, that was just a normal part of my life. Like there were plenty of things like that, that, that I did that people didn't understand. So I just kind of said, oh, this is just another one. Hmm. And, um, yeah, like it was nice for me. Like when it was just me all alone in introvert mode in my college dorm, heck yeah, I was going to write a script and download my textbooks and scrape for keywords and phrases. And I mean, th- I still remember the first time I learned about case and sensitive grep. And, you know, dash I and like, oh, this changes everything. <laughs> like I can refactor everything. And like that was that was for me only. And I didn't tell anyone about it. No, I didn't. I just thought it was like a weird habit of mine that, you know, I I did. when Nobody was looking. And, and now it's like I, I could reach over to my bookshelf here and like hand you a copy of the book that I've written on a lot of this. So it's. Just like,
0: yeah, it's like you had superpowers that nobody could even comprehend at any level. So everybody's afraid of it. Because you have these superpowers that just let you do mind-blowing things around that time.
1: If, so this is one of the reasons I spend so much time working with with young folks and people who are more junior in their careers because I want to help them see this sooner. Because if I think if I would have seen this sooner, I would be in a different place right now, or maybe not. Maybe maybe I needed to go through this like in in order to to be the person I am today. Um, but regardless, like yeah, I I think you could call it a superpower. Um, I don't I think it's it, it ultimately if if you even zoom back a step further than that like it's just about believing in yourself. And and that is I I don't think anybody really ever enforced that lesson to me as as a kiddo. Right? There was never like hey, do you do you really truly believe that you should quit the football team? Yes, and here's why. Like okay, I trust you. Let's all you have my full support. Let's do it. Like on one hand it's a superpower and it would have been really nice to not go through some of the pain I went through, but um I also, like I said, I I don't know if I would be where I am today if it it wasn't for that.
0: But it's an environment where everybody's first reaction to everything is no or just laying out all the negative things that are going to happen without any remote positive possibility of everything. I mean, I, I grew up a little bit like that from my mother was very strong. And if you came up to her, it was all well, here's all the bad things that can happen and you never get to the positive things that can happen. But you had uh, yeah. like, you had that times too almost intense from everybody uh, who, who was an adult yeah. figure right in your life throughout throughout that. I imagine your friends and your peers were hopefully there to support it, support you. I'm, I'm assuming this is from adult figures.
1: Yeah, most most of my peers I like didn't even talk to about this. Most of them had no idea what a computer, if, 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 if they conceptualized any of my usage of computers growing up or in college or high school or anything, it was always, Chris is the person who can help us when our computer breaks. <laughs> Chris can install my printer. Chris can do all this stuff. And um, uh, yeah, like, and, and that that was fine. That's where we left it. Like I, you know, when I, I would go do my nerd things in my room, that was, that was special, that was me time. It was like reading a book, it was introvert mode. And um, yeah. I would say anytime any of that type of behavior, like ha- for whatever reason was brought up in polite conversation with some sort of a, a adult or authority figure, it, it, 99% of the time it was, we don't understand this, it must be bad, don't do it, stop. Wow.
0: So tell me about yeah. this first job now. Let's get back to the first job that you, you get writing PHP professionally. Um, you must have been excited about this job. I mean, you're now a professional software developer—you're getting paid to do the things that you want to be doing there. Uh, talk to me a little bit about—was it a big shop, small shop? What was the problems you were solving there, and and then kind of maybe how long you were you were there as well?
1: Yeah, so I had I had um, taken some odd jobs writing PHP right out of college, where I like helped you know online e-commerce websites and was working part time. And I would say my first big girl PHP job was um, I had I had started out working at a structured cabling company, pulling fiber, polishing fiber, and then we also did security, like physical, like the locks on your doors type of security systems. And we, you know, we had cameras and we did networking, and we we needed someone who who understood computers well enough, who also knew you know the physical part of things to to kind of manage the design and installation of, like, some of these higher-end, more complex uh, deployments that we did. Or I'll call them deployments, but installations. So, you know, polishing fiber, racking and stacking servers, setting up switches, configuring cameras, building out, you know, IPAM for cameras. Like, all of this low-level, sysadmin-y combo, physical layer stuff. And uh, that was working for my, my my dad at the time, and that, would, that was just a horrible idea. But I did get an opportunity to... to learn from some of the, the other folks in the industry. I remember asking questions to other people like from other companies, like, how did you get, you know, how are you configuring the switch? Oh, I have a, You have a CCNA. I should get one of those. Um, and, you know, got my CCNA and then I got my first big girl PHP job. And um, it was it was a company out of Denver, Colorado called Tool King. And it was a, a warehouse that sold tools that wanted to turn itself into an online tool shop. And this was kind of in the the, the days of e-commerce. And uh, and then we noticed that a lot of the vendors we purchased tools from sold other things as well. And the more we explored, the more we realized we were just kind of a, a drop shipping uh, software company and not like an an online tool store anymore. And so what turned, you know, it started out as a catalog of a few thousand tools quickly turned into a few hundred thousand everything items. And then uh, it was just kind of like, a lot of lifting and shifting data, just integrations, integrations, integrations. How do we connect Amazon to this dropshippers PO system? How do we connect eBay to Walmart? How do we, and, and just cross-referencing everything and, and writing code and scripts to, to mutate the data, calculate pricing and, and try to resell it at a premium. And and that was, that was kind of the model. And it was just this data exchange warehouse. Uh, and that was my first startup. We went bankrupt. It, it was great. I learned. I, I would do that again in a heartbeat. That was the best worst job I've ever had.
0: <laughs> what year are we talking? Is this like two thousand five maybe, or is it ten years? From-
1: oh no 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 no. This is later. I'm in my my twenties okay. at this point. Um, I think I started at eleven, and I go went to thirteen or fourteen. I want to say, um, and um. Gosh, I feel old. I, this is like the first time in my life I'm like having to like think of years. And, oh, it must have been around 2011.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the dates only become important because it helps to frame the tech that you had and the infrastructure that we had, and so you're building this really large e-commerce basically site in PHP. Yeah. You're having to build everything because we don't have the Shopify's yet the idea of just probably a lot of reusable stuff doesn't exist, right? I mean, you're building foundational code for all of these things because you just don't have the plug-and-play. Oh, plug. and I
1: loved it. I loved every moment of it. But, yeah, everything had everything had to be invented. And um, what I will say is like, just to kind of set like what the world was like, because I have a feeling there's a lot of people watching who, who were in kind of the tech around the same time, this was in the days of, like, this was the first job I used in Mac. Um, this was the first time I had heard of a different database other than MySQL. And we used it. And it was in, like, a very early, early stage. It was called MongoDB. <laughs> and, uh, yeah.
0: no NoSQL at the edge of NoSQL. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, baby, we were we were into it. And it was so PHP, so untyped, loosey goosey programming language. This is before, you know, I remember working on the PHP seven, like proposals and stuff like after this job. So I mean, this is in the days of everything is an associative array and just dump it into Mongo and, and we're having a party call it a day, right. And um so this was this was like this job like like I said I was working for my dad before it so if you can imagine all the bullshit I went sorry for swearing again before any of this happened I mean it happened all over again when I quit you know the family company right it was like oh she's going off to do tech and software and all of this crap and like of course I was talking about Linux again (laughs) it's like I thought we were over this in high school and and, uh, and yeah, I was like, no, I, you know, I got my CCNA. And like, it's this is important. I want to do networking and sysadmin and write code. And, um, and yeah, and so like, again, like, this was all like, in, in my mind, I'm still traumatized from all this. This is all like, shit that I shouldn't be doing, right? This is all bad. And uh, so yeah, I, I didn't tell my friends really what I did for work. I didn't. Um, like, I wasn't really blogging. I, you know, I went to work to get a paycheck. Mm. I came home and like, Like I, this, that was it. I left work at work. So any of the tech t-shirt, go to a conference, go online, get to none of that. I see. I I was just, I mean, I was pre-trans at this point, so I didn't really even enjoy being myself, especially in public. So why would I... Why would I do any, so I'm like, maybe I was invited to like a Mongo's master. I can tell you that, you know, Chris Nova in, in that year at that job would have just been like, no, I ain't got time and like just went home.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, okay, yeah, that, that totally yeah. makes sense. You don't you don't get to where you need to be to to sustain the company. So what's your next move, which I'm assuming is around 2013, 2014. What's your next move from this?
1: So this is where, this is where the transition started really, where I started to have thoughts about who I was and what I wanted to be in my career. Because, you know, this was the first time in my life I was truly, like, I, at this point, I was completely outcasted from the family. You know, we've had enough of this Linux crap. We're done. You're you're on your own now. You left us for a different job, and, and, and you're kicked out of the, the, you know, we're taking you out of the will and, and all this kind of really?
0: stuff. Really? Your parents felt like you betrayed them. Oh, I, I, I'm almost hearing this kind of, you betrayed us, and we're ripping our shirt and we don't want to know right of you and yeah wow
1: yeah totally. wow
0: now I, i'm just curious before you move on at this point were you numb to that did it did it still really hurt you
1: i don't think anybody can ever be truly numb to that unless they have some sort of something going on in their brain right to everybody to them to my friends to people in my life i looked numb 99 percent of the, but yeah it hurt heck yeah it hurt yeah um, and, um, yeah, it was, it was super hard, but it, how can I put this? I was very used to that. You know, I had, I had, there's a lot of prior art here, so I at least had some tools and techniques to help me kind of navigate through it. And they've just gotten better over the years. Um, and you know, this was just one of the, the more profound iterations of kind of this abandonment pattern in my life. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So that was that was it. And, you know, I had tripled my salary by that point. So it made it a lot easier to kind of justify a lot that I was doing.
0: Yeah, I keep hearing this kind of theme where the adults in your life are constantly saying that you're doing it wrong and you're betraying us and you're not listening. And at the same time, you're there's a part of you that's going, yeah, that's true, because I know what's best for me and I've got to follow this path. And even as you're having success, nobody's recognizing it. But. Thank God you're having some of this success because for me, because then I don't get to meet you, right? Because this is yeah. moving you you forward. And I'm really glad where tech is today too, because uh, it's really proving, right? Twenty years later, it's proving that you were right. <laughs> Twenty years ago. You know, like you I, saw this. I, I hate to say I told yeah, you so. I but. told you so. So so tell me now. So that that the PHP jobs gone, you're now figuring out the next steps and you're starting to kind of better, you say to evaluate who you are and where you want to be, right?
1: Right. Um, so, so sticking with PHP, I'm evaluating myself. And, and so I had worked at this first job for three or four years, right? And I had gone from, hey, I know how to write a function in PHP to database drivers, Uh, building web applications, building HTTP rest, you know, this was in the days of SOAP XML APIs and going from SOAP into REST. And I remember moving from subversion to Git for the first time, and then GitHub came out and it was like, whoa, (laughs) and and it was cool and hip. And, and, um, and, you know, we had old grumpy engineers who were like, these darn kids with their Git subversion is fine. And, and, you know, and I just like that was my job. And that's kind of what I did. Um, but anyway, I, you know, fast forward here a little bit, uh, through that job and, you know, imagine me now a couple years into the job writing unit tests. I, I can sit down in front of, and even now probably could sit down in front of PHP and just and just like make it work and walk away and be done. And, uh, and it took years to get there. And, um, that had given me enough confidence to kind of like make a little slightly more risky moves in my life. And this is where the gender transition really started. So that company went bankrupt uh, for reasons out of my control. And and honestly, it was kind of a sketchy business model anyway, but like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was fun. You know, I'd, I'd learned to write code in the back of a warehouse in Denver, Colorado. That's pretty sweet. Um, and like, you know, giant empty warehouse with forklifts and like little computers in the corner uh and so uh started a transition and i joined up a company so i started contracting because i knew that my transition was going to be hard and i had kind of you know premeditated some of this and i just knew that as i went from one gender to the other short ephemeral relationships were going to be important and as i kind of went through and iterated through these ephemeral relationships maybe i would find one or two people along the way that would actually be like, would it, and, and I did. And, you know, to this day, there's people that like, like a couple of folks come to mind and uh, if they're watching this, like, you know who you are. Hi, I love you. And um, yeah, and, and they, they definitely stuck with me, but um, that's where the contracting and the gender transition started. And, you know, like my hair used to be like down to here and I've cut it and grown it and cut it. And I've kind of gone through the whole thing
0: well, I think let – me, let me pull you back a little bit then because I think it was a brilliant move, right? You could take a two- or three-month contract, make a bunch of money, and then if you needed a month off for this or that, you could do it. So you found a way and your skill set was so strong that you found a way to be able to continue to make money but get the time you needed for all these personal changes that you were making, right? I mean is that – that's the idea, right? I mean I think it's brilliant.
1: Yeah, that was that was that was the plan. That was the master plan. You know, this took forty-eight hours of IRC planning with some close friends of mine from the internet to come up with this idea. And and then, like most ideas in my life, the second I make up my mind, I'm going to do it. Like, I'd knock it out of the park. I'd nail it. And um and so yeah, this was I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go through a gender transition, and it starts right now, not tomorrow, not after breakfast. It starts immediately. And uh and you know sold the house, moved, took contracting jobs, bought a new car, like lost all my money, made some money, lost all my money, made some money. Like went through that whole cycle a couple of times and um then came to California to San Francisco where I am right now. And the my first day in public as a woman was like fifteen minutes up the road, uh, in downtown San Francisco.
0: From the time that you decided that day that I'm going to do this, I'm going to make this personal change in my life, this is what I want, and I'm going to yeah. make a, a, a career change in my life to be able to support and fund that, from the time you get into Sam, the time that you're in San Francisco and you're like, this is the first time everyone is seeing me the way I've always seen myself, what year are we talking about?
1: So, okay, so so let's, I, I skipped a super important detail here the The company that went bankrupt with the warehouse, I, I obviously took some time off after that, and I got in, my first contracting job was at a company in Denver. The company in Denver, their headquarters was in San Francisco, and so that that's the connection there. And um, <clears throat> I started contracting with them. And we're getting more and more recent in my career, so I'm going to be a little more, uh, you know, hesitant about what I say because some of these people are still in business, um, and. Um, uh, so they, uh, so that company had a, a, an office here in San Francisco, and honestly, I, I was able to to separate my genders geographically. So, like, when I was in the Denver office, I was Chris, but when I was in San Francisco, like, I was Chris. Really? And uh, yeah, and and that was hard.
0: weren't you still working with people from Denver?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that
0: I mean, that had to be hard
1: um so this was this is when i started to learn the lesson of advocating for myself like you know 30 minutes ago i had said i I didn't know about this until till later in my life this is the first time in my life i really learned the importance of this uh and how to say things like i would prefer these pronouns or i would prefer this name or i would prefer if you didn't say this or do that or think of me this way i had never done that in my life i had never said i would prefer no lettuce on my sandwich or i would prefer sit in the front like that was just that was so such an abstract concept for me that even thinking that i could have an opinion or a preference or that anybody would even care was something that was new for me um and so yeah like there was you know there was people who i worked with at both and and everybody was different but what i found out was uh there was a lot of power in obscurity and I, i like even at the beginning of this conversation you're like where the heck are you where are you living these days? Like, and with that obscurity comes a lot of power because people can fill in that space with kind of whatever they want to imagine me as. And I don't really have to go into the implementation detail of, like, hey, I'm a trans girl from Texas, right? Like, that, that, that we can kind of breeze over that and just get on with the rest of the conversation. Like, yeah, that's cool you're from Texas, but like, you still screwed up the last commit. <laughs> like, that's what I cared about. And, um, so, uh, so yeah, there was people who like, I wore a dress to work one day, and they were just kind of like, like, don't really know what to do. And I did, there was never a big email, there was never a big, I just kind of started doing it. And in that space, people just like, I found out very quickly that even though this was my first month of my life doing this, there were just people there who just assumed I had been doing this my whole career. And that this was just a normal thing like this is just and they just kind of said whatever i've heard about this and never seen it before but like whatever anyway you still screwed up your last commit and like thank you thank you for just being cool with it uh so that's kind of how it happened and it was hard there there you know as as good of people that i saw that were nice and understanding and didn't care about it there was also you know what's with the bieber hair dude or like why are you wearing a dress are you gay like a lot of those types of uh, tech bro things and I got them both here in California and back in Colorado. It's just you never knew what you were going to get. I would say though, I was always surprised. Some people I thought were going to be jerks were really sweet, and some people I thought were going to be sweet were just complete, completely. It was so bad, mm-hmm. but yeah.
0: So, so we've got like twelve minutes left here, and I wanna, I, I wanna ask you this question because when you're in you're in San Francisco now, you're 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 making these changes in your life. When do you make a decision to decide that I'm going to start being out there on stage? I'm going to start sharing what I know. I'm going to be someone that's in in the maybe public eye or community because you haven't done that, right? Like when I ask you if you're a Mongo master, you're like that never would have happened, Bill, because I'm not putting myself out there just yet. When does that yeah. happen,
1: Bill? Like. Buckle up, because you're going to get the best, you're going to get the best answer to this that you could imagine. Like, this is like the season finale here. Like, friends become enemies, enemies become friends. It's all about to come back home with this question. Um, so I took my first job after this. So, so you know, the, the, the warehouse job came and went. The, the contracting kind of split personality San Francisco-Denver job came and went. And I took another contracting role at a company in Boulder called solid fire and this was my first big girl startup and this was the job where i said i'm a fucking woman i don't care what anyone says and i'm gonna go to work every day and it's she her it's woman it's no exceptions this is me and this is how people meet me and this is what i'm gonna do and if it's hard i don't care and i'm gonna forgive myself and i'm gonna love myself but like At the old end of the day i just want to be a dang sre and i just want to write code and i just want to get paid and have my paycheck and i don't care what people have to say and i don't want to spoil the surprise but i'm just going to tell you now my boss at the time was super beautiful super understanding and super supportive next monday i start a job as a senior principal engineer at twilio she's my boss again nice isn't that cool? Yeah, yeah. Like baby, like baby Transnova gets to have the same boss again. Um, and so and, and yeah, and so she, she went from the solid fire at Boulder, we were bought by NetApp, I went off and did Deus and Kubernetes and Heptio and VMware and Microsoft and everything. And and she went over to SendGrid, which is now Twilio. And, and like, she messaged me the other day when I was looking for a job. And was like, Hey, you know, we're, we're doing this thing. And we started talking and like, I took the job. Here we are. And uh, to answer your question concretely, it was with her and with that job at SolidFire where I started to advocate for myself. And when I I found that I actually had something to say and people cared about it because that was the first time people actually listened to me. Um, That was the first time in an engineering discussion I would say things like, I don't think we should do that. And here's why. And people said, oh, that's really smart. And I said, whoa, like, that's, this is not my dirty little secret anymore. This is actually like people care about this. And, uh, and then here's where we're gonna take a walk down memory lane here. I have a bookshelf right here that you guys can't see. Um, so this is this is the Chris, Chris Nova, Microsoft 2017 go con Denver, Colorado, this is my badge. This is my first time to go on stage publicly, I gave a talk about Kubernetes cops. And um, I, like I still have it framed here, and I remember um, uh, getting accepted to go speak at the event and going to speak at it. And this was my first time, and it like I think it still to this day is like my most popular talk. Uh, it was the first one I ever gave, and uh, like I, I you know looking back on it, I learned a lot.
0: I, I had no idea that was your first talk. I don't think anybody would have guessed that.
1: So this is the thing. This is that that lesson that like I feel like this is the superpower. If I could tell folks at home one thing, this is the superpower. Nobody knows that they have let there be obscurity intentional obscurity, because people just assume the best right like like if i didn't tell people this was my first talk like oh she has such sage presence she would have been on stage for years and i was like that's my dirty secret like this was my first time and um and and so yeah like and, and granted like there are people who don't always assume the best but um yeah, like with, with that obscurity comes a lot of power because uh, you're just, you're given a, an authentic chance to just be yourself and be taken at face value. And there's a lot a lot of good that can come out of that. Um, so, and I learned that with Natalie at Solifier. I learned that in my transition. I learned that with a lot of uh, the lessons I learned on how to advocate for myself and, and how to be myself and just let people experience, like give people space to experience me on their own terms.
0: That's kind of the beginnings of me getting to know you, right? From from that distance. Yeah. But when I think of you, I think of you from that point. And all the amazing things you've done since then in terms of the companies you've worked on, the tech you've worked on, you've continued to still be cutting edge. You were in Kubernetes really early on. Do you think because at that moment, you stepped out on that stage and you said, this is who I am, and you've had a lot of success since then. Do you think that, Success you're having is because you, you you took that one last leap of faith and really put yourself out there
1: So everybody's experience is different, right? Like like you and me we live in a different world than a lot of folks, right? like there are people who don't even have the internet right now and um, And then that's such a foreign abstract thing for, for folks like us who are so tapped into this and so embedded into this career and there are people who have internet and don't care they just straight up just don't care. They're just like, no, I'm I'm busy. I'm going to go outside today, and um and so like yeah, everybody is in a different experience, and in a different world, at a different time. So I do think it's a little bit of, of luck. It's the right place. It's the right time. Um, I did get lucky, I think, and but ultimately, like I jumped right. Like I had I gave a whole podcast on this where I just talked about the leap of faith and. Yeah, I would do it. I don't care if it was 100 years ago, I would do it again. I would absolutely jump again. And um, I would encourage other people to do it as well. If there's that tiny voice inside of you saying that it feels right. Like imagine little baby Nova, 11 years old with her glasses and the, like the, on the family computer doing Linux and getting grounded for it. Like don't ground your, that version of yourself. Embrace that version of yourself that's, that's the beautiful thing, right? Like, and it doesn't matter if it's computers or anything else, you should love that, that that person who, who is, is just trying to play and, and be, be free
0: and be themselves. And yeah, and at the same time, is someone who, in this particular case, tech has a lot to offer and share and help with the business goals and with what what we're trying to do, right? Like, that's first and foremost.
1: Yeah. We're all building lawnmowers here for the garage. That's what we're doing. We're building tools. That's that's what we're doing. <laughs> all
0: right. So in the last three minutes, kind of that we have, and like we we really only get an hour, obviously, and and we're we've taken sure. this one small path. You've worked on things that now others get to appreciate because you were there. I think you, you had a big play in Kubernetes with Heptio. You you've done things that I think people might be using tech and you 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 had a part of it right i think for me that's that's this great success and and you're there do you i'm just curious where are your parents right now with you are they do they see the chris who's really had success and and got it right or are they still kind of in this box that they've been in for the last forever
1: um i'm going to tell you two things about my parents I don't know I really don't know I I don't know what they know or what they don't know but so that's the first thing and the second thing is the last thing that I know about them is that they didn't even know my name
0: yeah sorry about that
1: uh it's okay I I don't maybe they know of Chris Nova now and they don't realize that Chris Nova is the same Chris Nova. Um, but yeah, that's that's the last, that's the last I, I've i heard from them to, to, to say, uh, to put it lightly. And um, yeah, uh, I've learned to be okay with that. I really, I think I'm okay with that. It's sad, but I think I'm okay with it anymore.
0: I imagine there's a lot of people out there who are facing some of the same struggles you've, you've faced that we've talked about over the last hour and need people in their lives like you started to get over the last few years right of that support and you can do it and um, so for other people that are listening here um, maybe we can you could provide them some some kind of final words of maybe advice if they're on the same path as you and then I would love for you to be able to share how maybe someone can reach out to you
1: um I, I feel like I write this a lot in uh, a lot of my, like, I just relaunched a new blog and I, I mean, I've got weeks and weeks of content out there on the internet people can go and find. Um, the the one word I would say is jump. And I've said that before and I'll say it again. And the, the message I would give, and this is the exact same message I would give tiny baby Nova on her Linux computer, uh, you know, in, in 1995, I'm proud of you. You're doing okay. You're You're doing it right. I'm really proud of you. That's exactly what I would say to people. And you need to be able to learn how to say that to yourself. And it's, so, yeah, like it's taken me years to be able to feel, to feel, genuinely feel proud of myself for a lot of that, that stuff. Um, so the, that would be the, the the pieces of advice I would say. And then to reach out to me, uh, I, I have my little spiel here, like chris at com, if you want to email me and pull requests accepted and ignored. Um, so just let me know. <laughs> Um, But no, in all actuality, like, I'm out there, I send me an email, shoot me on Twitter, Uh, I I may not be super responsive, because I get a lot of these, but I will do my best to, uh, to help any way I can. And you know, like, there's probably 20 or 30 people watching right now who I've worked with, who would probably say, yeah, do it. I I was afraid to and I emailed her and you know, she helped me get a job or now I'm, you know, I've successfully transitioned and my wife is still with me or like, there's all kinds of good stories like that out there. And most of which have nothing to do with me and everything to do with the person jumping and taking that first leap. And their first leap is just reaching out to someone and that someone just happens to be me.
0: Awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Um, you had to go through this at a time where just, I think there were just too many really uneducated people in, in everything, right? And now yeah. there are people like yourself who've been able to get through this, make that jump. And obviously there's still struggle there but the opportunity to have access to you and to talk to you could be just I think could be brilliant for someone right so I really appreciate you being available and making yourself available for others and and I'll uh we'll put all this stuff on the show notes too so we've done our hour I really appreciate you sharing the story um god I I'm I'm an emotional wreck a little bit too hearing it to be honest with (laughs) you (laughs) But I think there's a it was a, I really appreciate you taking the time to to tell us about your story.
1: This is great. I'm I love doing this. I, I love working with you, Bill. So like, count me in. I'm gonna share it. Uh, I'm here. If I can give you anything, let me know. If you want to do more, you want to recommend me to other people. Anything I can do, I'm here.
0: Okay, brilliant. All right. So this is the Arden Labs podcast. Thank you for sharing the last hour with us and hope to see everybody again real soon.